Welcome, whether you're new or old here, to Cookbook Dissection, the podcast show where you and I take apart delicious-sounding recipes from random cookbooks that seem to just appear in my house. It's all in good fun, and hopefully we'll learn something along the way. If you're a returning listener, thank you for coming back. You may have noticed that there's been a large gap between the last season and this season. While I can confidently say that for the most part, this has been great for content quality. Episodes will be longer and more thorough, plus we'll have an occasional guest. Additionally, the long hiatus comes from the fact that I moved. I started a new job, and I moved from the city to the country. Now that I have made this intro excruciatingly long, my final point is that my life and this world is constantly changing. So for now, episodes will be released, hopefully week to week, where we talk about some fun and interesting recipes most of them coming from cookbooks. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Easy plant-based cooking for two. Today's format is going to be a little bit different from our regular scheduled program. Cookbook Dissection has been sent a book to review. The cookbook is called Easy Plant-Based Cooking for Two. It's filled with extremely colorful dishes, packed to the brim with yummy veggies. We will be starting with an interview with the author. Then we will be making and trying a beautifully colored dish from the cookbook. Without further ado, I would like to introduce Lei Shijak. My name is Leigh Shishak, and I'm a chef and cookbook author. Uh, I'm currently a food editor at allrecipes.com. I'm here to talk about my latest cookbook, which is Easy Plant-Based Cooking for Two, 80 Delicious Vegan Recipes to Share Together. Very nice. It's lovely to have you on the program today, and I'm so excited to have you here. I have some questions I prepared for you, and I'm really excited to get into it. So let's just go ahead and get started. You have 80 recipes in this cookbook, Easy Plant-Based Cooking for Two. Where did all that inspiration come from? So I started going plant-based in 2020. I wasn't always um, plant-based. I was a staunch meat eater, in fact. Uh, But in 2020, I had some time on my hands, as did many other people. And I had also just sold uh, my bakery, Sugar Blossom Bake Shop in San Clemente, California. I had ran it for 10 years. My lease was up and I found wonderful new owners to sell it to. So I had wanted to move to uh, a healthier diet for quite a while, actually. So I started doing some research on plant-based eating and decided that that was the path I wanted to take. I enrolled and got my certificate in plant-based nutrition and started cooking plant-based meals at home for my husband and and me. So then my agent had contacted me and asked me about um, my next cookbook. I told her what I was making at home and uh, we discussed it with my editor and we came up with easy plant-based cooking for two. Very nice. And flipping through it, I saw that there's so much color and so many fruits and vegetables in it. I think One of the ones I'm so ready to try is a sweet potato curry, I believe it was. Yes, there's a potato and pea curry, which in the book is not made with sweet potatoes, but that is a delicious idea, actually, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm sure it would work out 
um, quite well as a substitute. But yeah, that's really, really ironic. You mentioned that because I made it last night for dinner. <laughs> oh, very wonderful. I thought it was a good idea because uh, my other half loves peas and potatoes and curry. So all together, you brought it together for me. Yes, yes, that, that's perfect. Yes. You state that in this cookbook, it reflects what you eat at home. And, you know, other than this, this potato curry we were talking about, what is your like, number one go to in your recipe book for your favorite dinner at home? Maybe it's an easy one. Maybe it's a good one. I probably have the sesame soba bowl the most. That is in the cookbook and uh, it's basically a chilled noodle salad. So I used soba noodles and you make a sauce um, with soy sauce and ginger and garlic. It's very flavorful. And then I roast vegetables. I believe in the book um, I roast broccoli and tomatoes and I serve it on top of the chilled noodles. And it's a really quick and easy dish that you can make. Oh man, it sounds delicious. It sounds very good. Another thing I hear is that your husband, G, doesn't like mushrooms, <laughs> <laughs> but you got to eat mushrooms for your cookbook. Do you like explain that for us? Yeah. I mean, we've been together. I've known him for quite a while. And ever since, you know, we met, he hated mushrooms. And I knew when I started going plant-based, he's going to have to learn to love mushrooms because <laughs> they're pretty prominent in a plant-based diet. And, uh, so yeah, it really got to the point where I just wasn't telling him that there were mushrooms, for instance, in the veggie burger and he loved it. So it was like, hmm, he might not hate them as much as I think, <laughs> think he hates or he thinks he's safe. He hates them. So he has grown to love them. And uh, since 2020, he's been eating mushrooms on a pretty regular basis. Very nice. Do you think like hiding it in the food would be your like number one tip for those of us with picky partners? Yeah, hiding it and chopping it up really small. <laughs> so they don't notice it works really well. Very cool. I'm, I actually don't like mushrooms, but my partner ah! does. So I'll okay. have to trick myself while cooking. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Tell yourself this isn't a mushroom. This isn't a mushroom. <laughs> there you go. Right. <laughs> um, so I still eat meat, but I don't eat ground beef. So all my ground beef is now ground turkey. And like, I do some of the things that are already listed in your cookbook, like consider meat a side dish, right? So we don't eat meat very often. We eat meat maybe once or twice a week and then we have leftovers, but then we have lots of veggies and stuff. So what do you, in your opinion, what is the hardest thing you think that we would have to jump over to begin um, eating all plant-based? Yeah, well, I actually, well, it sounds like we live in a very similar household because I, I still eat meat as well. I've cut down a lot and I haven't eaten red meat in quite a while. So, and I love ground turkey burgers. So <laughs> there, I said it, <laughs> we eat meat in this household as well, but I think it makes sense to transition slowly. I think it's too hard for, for many of us who have eaten meat for quite a while um, to do it very quickly. I love that you mentioned viewing meat as a side dish. That actually was probably the, the tip that helped me the most when I was starting out on this journey. Um, and sticking to familiar flavors really helps. You know, if you're a big fan of curries, stick to curries, but just start making them plant-based. And, um, and that way it won't seem so traumatizing in a way. Very cool. And I have to say for my listeners, I feel like sometimes we all want to do better and when we want to start eating healthier and this or that, but then we pick up a vegan cookbook and it's so scary. And sometimes it can feel very preachy. 
But this cookbook, it doesn't feel preachy. It feels like she's here. She's she's on the same page with all of us. And I really think we should pick it up. Just if you want to have a couple um, vegetarian or vegan style meals once or twice a week, it's very lovely. Thank you. I, I really, I'm really glad to hear you say that because I really wanted to make the book approachable. And I think this per, this book is actually perfect for those of us who do eat meat, but are looking to incorporate more plants into their diet. A lot of people's main concern when going um, plant-based is that they're not going to get enough protein. Um, and you do have a section all in your book to uh, begin talking about that. But why don't you give us a couple steps for like brand new beginners and um, talk about what are your favorite proteins and stuff? Happy to. So yeah, there are, like you mentioned, there is an FAQ section in the cookbook in the beginning. And I do answer a lot of those, you know, typical questions that people are, who are, you know, new to plant-based will have like, am I going to eat enough protein? And um, the answer is yes. <laughs> but anyway, how to talk about my favorite proteins. I probably love chickpeas, lentils the most. I do um, try to eat quite a bit of tofu, not, not too much, um, but I do enjoy tofu as well. And then just to like supplement any meal with like nuts and seeds. They're so easy to add to a salad, to um, a rice bowl, or, or really, you know, breakfast, oatmeal, just add it on top of that. And it's, it's just added protein, which is super good for you. Very nice. I want to point out and, and add this little section in there that um, my boyfriend used to be a mailman and this man had his lunch down to a science. He had different seeds and different nuts that he would eat throughout the day because he does not like having proteins or meats that are going to be out of the fridge at all for any points of the day. Um, mm -hmm. And he had it down to a science of which when he was going to eat that peanut butter, when he was going to have those chia seeds and when it was going to be a peanut butter and chia seed sandwich. But yeah, that's very good. I am not as great as that. So I appreciate your <laughs> section in that cookbook because I, I kind of need it for myself. <laughs> That's great. I'm impressed with your boyfriend's um, organization. That's that's awesome. But I guess you have to be, especially if you're on a specific mail route and you're, you have to get things done by a certain time. That totally makes sense. In your FAQ section, there's another section that talks about how you should do batch cooking. And mm -hmm. I guess my question here is kind of, you know, can you describe to me the differences of having leftovers slash, you know, having batch cooking or even meal prepping? So batch cooking in this sense, I really meant it for grains. They keep for a week in your fridge. So uh, you can make a larger batch of rice or farro or quinoa. And what's wonderful is you can just use that as a base for many dishes. So it's not that you're going to be like, oh, rice again. You can actually supplement other things with just the rice. You know, you're not meant to just eat the rice alone. So you can add roasted vegetables to it. You can make a plant-based bowl bowl out of it with some, you know, roasted chickpeas and roasted cauliflower and like a tahini dressing and um, your rice will already be cooked, which will make your life so much easier. Um, so that's why batch cooking is such a wonderful um, thing to do. That's going to make your life a lot easier. Do you have tips for keeping them fresher in the fridge for longer? Because I know sometimes rice can, can dry out. I like to storm and I have these, we call them deli cups in the restaurant world. They're, they're clear plastic cups. And so I portion them out, just store them in smaller portions in the fridge. 
And then that will help also, you can, if you'd like, um, you can do one of two things and, and both involve a damp paper towel. You can you know, store the rice and then lay a damp paper towel on top of it and then cover it and store it in the fridge. Or if you don't do that, then when you um, take out the rice, um, I just nuke the, the rice, but I lay a damp paper towel over the rice and then I heat it and that helps to steam the rice and add moisture back into it. Thank you. I'll have to try those tricks out. You also mentioned a trick in your vegetable section about using your vegetable drawer properly. So as a home cook, I'm not so great at that. So why don't you explain that for us? Yeah, I just wanted to remind people to use your vegetable drawer for vegetables, basically. Um, and, and also you do need to keep things covered in the vegetable drawer, you know, don't just stick a, a you know, a, an exposed head of broccoli in the vegetable drawer, keep it covered as well. That will help preserve it longer, but it does, the vegetable drawer works. It keeps your vegetables fresher and crisper longer. And I would agree with you, but we got to make sure we use it correctly for sure. Yes. <laughs> so I know this is your fifth cookbook and that's awesome. I guess my question for you is, are those other cookbooks um, plant-based or vegan or are they, do they have meat products in them? So my earlier cookbooks are not uh, plant-based and they're not vegan and they do include meat. My cookbooks reflected where I was at that point in my life. And my first cookbook is called Beach House Baking. I, was, I wrote it, I believe in 2014. And it includes all the recipes from my bakery, Sugar Blossom. So that's definitely a sweet recipe book. And then from there, Beach House Baking, we, decide, we decided, decided to do a whole string of Beach House themed cookbooks. So after Beach House Baking, I wrote Beach House Brunch. And after that, Beach House Dinners. Um, and then I also wrote Farm to Table Dessert, which was inspired by my life as a pastry chef. And then my fifth cookbook, as you know, is the plant-based cooking for two. Well, that's very cool. And, you know, we are allowed to move forward in those kinds of ways, you know, whether it's, you know, we still eat meat occasionally and we bring our vegan or our veggie based meals in sometimes or any of that. Cause I know personally, I would love to check out your beach house, beach house baking, yeah. yeah, beach house baking for the one that has all the sugar blossom recipes in it. But it's also nice for, you know, somebody who's going to pick up your vegan cookbook and be like, Oh, well, this woman is where I am too. And she's a normal person who used to eat meat or still does sometimes and is a, a regular person. It's nice to see regular people, I think is what I'm going for. <laughs> so I just wanted to mention that there are, are a wide range of recipes in my cookbook. It starts off with beverages. There's a baked goods section. There's handhelds, which I love. I love sandwiches. Um, there's hearty entrees. There's soups, there's snacks, and there is a dessert section at the end. So hopefully someone will find at least a few things that they like to make in this cookbook. I'd love people to follow me on Instagram. My handle is my name, which is at Shishak. You can also check out my website, which is layshishak.com. Thank you, Shishak, for being on the show with me. I really appreciate you guys reaching out and showing up and you know, us having this conversation about how to eat plant-based foods and like looking at these wonderful recipes and everybody knows that I love to dig into cookbooks. So thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you and I hope to talk to you sometime soon. 
Thank you, Cora, for having me. I had so much fun talking with you. You can find my new cookbook, Easy Plant-Based Cooking for Two on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Target, or wherever you buy your books. Today, we will be making potato pea curry. If you're following along at home, you can find the recipe on page 116. Our ingredients list is as follows. Two tablespoons olive oil, one third cup small diced onion, one garlic clove minced, one teaspoon grated ginger, one teaspoon curry powder. I use sweet curry powder. One half teaspoon turmeric, one half teaspoon salt, a pinch of cayenne, one 10-ounce golden potato cut into 1 inch thick pieces. One tablespoon tomato paste. One cup coconut milk. One half cup frozen peas. One tablespoon chopped cilantro and rice of your choice. Now this cookbook is set up to make two portions. So if you're feeding more than two people or you're a lover of leftovers, then make sure you increase the ingredients to reflect that. Before we begin, I suggest preparing your ingredients. Get them all out on the countertop, chop up your onions, tomatoes, and cilantro, rinse your garlic, shred your ginger. This way we don't have to look around for anything while cooking. I would also suggest preparing your rice. I use an Instapot to cook my rice. So I wash the rice, place in the Instapot, turn it on, and forget about it. Making rice this way takes about 13 minutes once the Instapot is heated up. But it's nice not to have to worry about it while I'm cooking the main dish. Alright, assembling this dish is extremely easy. In a saute pan on medium heat, add in your olive oil, onions, garlic, ginger, and caramelize. Once caramelized, add in your seasonings. 1 tablespoon curry powder, 1 half tablespoon turmeric, 1 half tablespoon salt, and a pinch of cayenne. Continue cooking for about 15 seconds. Next, add in the sliced potatoes, 1 tablespoon of tomato paste, and cook for about 2 minutes. Now, add in 1 cup veggie broth, Give it a good mix to make sure that the tomato paste is dissolved. Cover with a lid and allow to simmer. Use a fork to check your potatoes. If the fork slides through them without much resistance, then you are ready to move on to the last step. Add in your one cup of coconut milk and one half cup of frozen peas. Place the lid on and allow to simmer for another five minutes or so. To plate this dish, grab a bowl and fill the bottom with rice. Then pour some of the curry on top and sprinkle with a bit of chopped cilantro. Now, I gave you the version of the dish that's in the cookbook, and for the most part, I stayed true to it. But before I added the coconut milk and peas, I tasted the curry, and there wasn't enough curry flavor in the dish. So quickly, I added some more curry powder, turmeric, salt, and cayenne. So I would suggest trying your dish and deciding if you need more seasonings or not. I cooked a four-portion meal instead of a two-portion meal, so I'm assuming that the ratio of seasonings to proportions was just slightly off. Long story short, I'm going to chalk it up to user error. After making this dish and enjoying it for dinner and a few lunches, I would say that I would definitely make the potato pea curry again. I would just change over the peas for broccoli, mainly because I'm not the biggest fan of peas. Additionally, it comes down to the texture of the dish. Something seems to be missing. The potatoes and peas both create a mushy texture, and for me, I personally need something to balance it out. My boyfriend, on the other hand, really enjoys peas and loved the combination. He also loves curry and just asked for the next time that I spiced up the seasonings a bit. But like I said earlier, that was mostly human error on my part. 
when I upped the recipe from two to four. If you're still listening, you've made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions about today's episode, or if you have a cookbook you'd like me to review, feel free to contact me at my email, cookbookdissection at gmail.com, all lowercase. Again, thank you for listening. Tune in next week sometime.